0: This is the Tribune Audio Network.
1: Jean McConville, a widowed mother of 10,
0: answers a knock at her door. A masked gang burst into her apartment with guns, and they dragged Jean McConville out of the apartment. Her little children were clinging to her legs, and the gang told them, we just need to talk to your mother. We're just going to talk to her for a little while. We'll bring her back. She'll come back.
1: She yells to her son, watch the children until I come back. She never did. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this episode, why a mother of 10 was marked for death during Northern Ireland's troubles. And how decades later, an author says he finally unmasked her killer. Let's get into the backstory. For decades, Irish nationalist Catholics fought Protestants loyal to Britain. They lived together in Britain's Northern Ireland. And in the late 60s, Belfast was burning 50,000 homes. It was a period known as the Troubles. Author Patrick Radden Keefe writes about it in his book, Say Nothing.
0: This is a series of events that have really scarred this corner of the world, and people there still live with these scars every day. The past is so alive and so dangerous in the present in Northern Ireland.
1: Martin Luther King's civil rights march inspires Catholics in Belfast, like Dolores and Marian Price, who pursue a peaceful plan to unite Ireland. They march in 1969, but loyalists ambush the Catholic protesters at Bertal Bridge, firing bricks and bottles.
0: Her mother, who comes from one of these really fierce IRA families, sees her two daughters show up and they're bruised and bloody and beaten after this march. And she takes one look at them and she says, why did you not fight back? Some
1: abandoned the peaceful protest strategy. The IRA reemerges to battle local loyalists as well as the mighty British Empire. You've seen the violence on screen in movies like Patriot Games. The IRA is led by the political strategist Jerry Adams and the military operative Brandon Hughes. They create an elite unit known as the Unknowns. It includes the Price sisters.
0: Dolores and Marion Price who were the first women to join the IRA as real frontline soldiers leading bombing missions and uh, targeting people for execution.
1: The McConville children never report the kidnapping. Their neighbors abandon them. The church fails to intervene. They become wards of the state and are
0: separated. Some of the boys are abused by clergy. These were kids who grew up just reeling with trauma, parentless and really unsure of exactly what had happened with their mother, so they were living with that nagging mystery. The Price sisters
1: orchestrate a new phase of attack, a direct hit on the British Empire. Six car bombs in London injured 250 people.
0: But suddenly London became the very dangerous city uh, that many people will remember from the 1980s and 1990s where an IRA bomb could go off at a moment's notice police catch the Price sisters
1: and they spend years in prison, as do Adams and Hughes. Both sides signed the Good Friday peace agreement in 1996. But as Ireland still isn't united, many IRA fighters like Hughes and Dolores Price feel they fought for nothing. As part of the agreement, the IRA reveals where some of the bodies are buried bodies of people who were abducted, like Jean McConville. The IRA says she was an informant. The children say
0: that's ridiculous. There's really nothing more reviled than what they call the tout, which is an informant, somebody who goes over to the other side. And so smearing Jean McConville with that label meant that a lot of people who should have been helping out, a lot of people who should have stepped in, including the Catholic Church, to say, we have an apartment full of children who've just lost their mother and father. We need to take care of them. Instead, they turn their backs. The McConville children
1: reunite as cranes dig 50 miles south of Belfast on the tip of Cooley Peninsula. But as a quarter century passed, they cannot find the exact location of McConville's body. Four years later, a man walking the beach finds human remains with a single bullet hole in the back of the skull. The children ask an investigator if there's a safety pin on any fabric.
0: There is not. And then he turned the fabric over, and suddenly he saw it. He said, yes, there's a nappy pin, here it is. And that's when the children knew that their mother had been found. She'd always have it pinned to her clothing. You think about it, a mother of 10, of course she would, because somebody would always be missing a button, or she'd need to do some repair. But the mystery remained, who did this to her? And how could this have happened? And will anybody face justice? And the criminal case into the abduction and murder of Jean McConville is still open to this day.
1: But the peace agreement never includes any admission of guilt from the IRA, something to provide closure for families like the McConvilles. In Ireland, say nothing is a rule adhered to by
0: killer and victim alike. Who took my mother away? Why was she killed? Where was she buried? And it took great bravery, I think, to speak up. Keefe's research leads to a
1: secret archive at Boston College. A journalist and ex-paramilitary members do interviews on both sides of the conflict, including Dolores Price and Brandon Hughes, on the condition that tapes wouldn't be released until after their
0: death. This would be people coming in and talking about murders and other crimes. they had to guarantee secrecy. Not only are the tapes secret, the very existence of the Belfast
1: project is secret, but word gets out, subpoenas are issued. Jerry Adams is arrested for directing the unknown's kidnappings and executions. A judge rules the evidence amounts to uncorroborated allegations. But by interviewing key players in the Belfast Project, Keefe is able to discover what happened that night in December of 1972 at the McConville home.
0: And one thing that I discovered as I was doing the research to my book, somewhat to my surprise, was the identity of the individual who actually pulled the trigger and murdered Gene McConville. And this is somebody who's still alive. There's the question of truth and the question of accountability. For me what matters is truth i'm a journalist i want to go out there and discover the truth and defy the culture of say nothing
1: keith says you'll have to judge for yourself there are no straightforward villains and very few straightforward heroes two communities still living with suspicion in silence until the violence erupts again Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at wgntv.com backstory.
0: This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.